1: Hello, and welcome to Ascent Dental Radio, a program dedicated to the balance between the clinical aspect of healthcare and the business of healthcare. And now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin Coughlin.
2: Welcome. My name is Dr. Kevin Coughlin, owner of Ascent Dental Solutions, with a focus on education, knowledge, training, and development. Our goal of these podcasts are to teach our listeners and inform their listeners, how do we compete with managed service organizations, dental service organizations? How do we decide whether we want to work for these corporations or work side by side? With the focus on knowledge training and education and development, this could not be done without the help of David Wolf and his podcast expertise, and our special sponsors that I personally believe has helped make my dental profession as successful as it could be. I'm happy to say that Patterson Dental, Henry Shine Vocal, along with our new sponsor, CallForce, have been instrumental in allowing us to provide these uh, professional podcasts. Today, as always, I try to bring guests and expertise to the dental profession, and I'd like to introduce CallForce. It's a relatively new company. However, as a relatively new company, there's tremendous energy, tremendous excitement, and in my personal opinion, the single biggest thing hurting the dental profession today is empty appointments, last-minute cancellations, broken appointments, inefficient scheduling. As we all know, the economy is at an all-time high, but according to Dr. Woody Oates and the Profitable Dentist, there have never been more dentists going bankrupt in the United States than currently. And that's because we're not using the best techniques, processes, and procedures to keep our books and our schedules filled efficiently. The CEO of Call Force is Mr. Corey Pinegar, and I pronounce that Pinegar in... This company is three years old, it has 150 employees, it has over 1,000 participants in their program, and I'd like to introduce Corey. And Corey, can you tell our listeners in a quick summary what your company can do to help our profession?
3: Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for having me on today. It's a pleasure. Um, If I were to shortly summarize what we do, doctor, it's we help dentists capture opportunity and potential that they already have around them and so our belief is that dentists are missing phone calls every day instead of focusing just on new patients we need to look at when are we missing phone calls and how can we convert those we need to look at our attrition rates and our reactivity rates to make sure that we're getting these patients back on the schedule and if we do those things there's a tremendous difference that it can make in everyone's practice. Get specific, Corey.
2: If our listeners wanted to sign up with a call force, uh, how does the actual system work? Based on my knowledge, research and information on your company, you're basically, what I like and I like other dentists is, there's no contract. It's as you go, you can enter in or exit out of your company to make sure that you're getting the results you want. Is that correct?
3: Yes. So we're, we're founded on the principle that we should be providing value or there should be no reason to be keeping us around.
2: And based on my research, my understanding is, is there's close to a 10 to 1 return on investment uh, when we follow the appropriate processes and procedures that uh, your company provides. Am I correct on that?
3: Yeah. And so that's published on our website, if I'm being honest. Um, When we really dig into the data, it's more of a 15 to 1. So for every dollar a dentist typically spends with us, they're going to see around or over $15 of production. So take us through what you would consider your average
2: client and how you take that client from the chaos that we all have in our offices to streamline, to give the best opportunities and the best results. How do you actually set up uh, your clients to achieve this 10 or 15 to 1 uh, return on investment?
3: Yeah, really good question. So what we focus on is doing only a few things, but doing them really good. So what we've noticed is, and I'm just going to kind of break this down one one, and then move on to two, is that generally practices, 50% of their patients are overdue or more. That's significantly more than that, generally. And so what we do is we say, okay, we're going to do that and we're going to do it well. So we pull the list of overdue patients from when they're overdue to 36 months. And then from 5 to 7.30 in the practice's time zone, we place calls from the practice's phone number to these overdue patients. And what we've found about that, Dr. Coughlin, is that people are twice as likely to pick up the phone and they actually have time and the ability to schedule. And generally, practices are open when people are at work, are busy taking kids around. And so it's really hard to reach these patients. And truthfully, if I am being honest, people hate making phone calls. We notice for one practice during the day to schedule a single appointment, it's taking them 21.4 calls. And so if you have to do that every single day, you're going to do everything that you can to avoid that. And so we said, okay, there's a gap in the dental world right now. People are struggling to reactivate and call their overdue patients. So what if we take that one responsibility and we knock it out of the park? And, and that's the premise and the focus of our recall division, Dr. Coughlin.
2: So between this uh, 5.30 and seven 7.30 time frame, does this, it will work on a cell phone, it will work on a landline. Is there a way to send a text message if the phone isn't
3: picked up? Yeah, great question. So we, we don't focus on the text message or email side. There's a lot of great companies out there today who do that. Um, our focus is all about the phone and the personal touch. And we believe that text messages and emails are still essential for practices. We just never want to neglect the family atmosphere of a dental practice and the importance of Getting a call from you know a member of your dental team at 545 that's saying, hey, Dr. Coughlin noticed you are overdue for your professional cleaning. When can we get you in or okay. when it works for you? Those are really important for building a long-term relationship.
2: So Corey, my understanding is one of the things that's uh, terrific about your company is you'll integrate with that office's particular software. Is that correct? In practice management system?
3: Yes. So we're actually inputting these patients directly into the schedule. And when we're scheduling Dr. Coughlin, our goal is not to push out an appointment three weeks. It's to say, okay, you know, the schedule generally falls apart 48 hours in advance. So we're calling right now and tomorrow at 10 AM, there's a gap. Our first priority is to fill that gap and to schedule the appointment properly to not make additional work for the team. And my understanding also, uh, based
2: on my research on your company, is these aren't robocalls. These are actual personal touch where an individual is answering using my company as an example. This is Ascent Dental Care. My name is Corey. We're here to reactivate and schedule you. And we have an opening at uh, tomorrow at 10 a.m. Is that similar to what's going on or can you get more specific?
3: Yeah, there's a small team dedicated to each of our offices. Um, We believe that provides a better level of care. And then we've obviously done this for three years, and we've made millions of calls. And so we've really been able to refine a script that really helps get people back in the chair in the most effective and efficient way possible.
2: Now, for those patients that you're reactivating, do they know that it's
3: call force or do they m- believe that it's that dental office? They would have no way of knowing that it's not their dental office. We're calling from the number. We have access to their schedule. We know who they are. Um, there, there is no tall tale that they would not know who is making the call. And we go by the name, Megan or Ryan. So if someone says, hey, you know, I spoke to Megan or Ryan yesterday, the team will know that they spoke to a member of Call Force's team, but they will have no clue on the patient side that they're speaking to someone outside the office.
2: Now, uh, Corey, is there any HIPAA issues, any violations that our listeners would have to be concerned about? Since you're outside company, I'm assuming what what knowledge do you have? Do you have their first and last name? You have their cell number. Or their landline number. Is there any other data or information that would put any HIPAA issues, et cetera, et cetera, at risk?
3: Yeah, great question. So before an office ever starts with us, uh, we're we're having a business associate agreement signed with them. Um, we go through HIPAA compliance testing every single year by an outside group. So we we take the PHI that we handle incredibly serious. And the only information that we ever see on our site is first name, last name, and phone number and birth date. And so we're not trying to take as much as we can. Those are the essential things we need to operate, but that is why we have one location and we have extremely rigorous security requirements to maintain the privacy of these patients and the practices.
2: So in an office or offices such as myself, I've had as many as 17 individual practices and as few as three. Our calls are monitored. I use audio video in my operatories for training education purposes. And typically some of the calls would say is, is my insurance going to cover this appointment? Do you know what the fee is for this appointment? How does your company handle that? What do they do? What's the script for those particular kinds of questions?
3: Yeah. So there's two different ways that we take it. So we work in behalf of the practice. So we have to follow the practice's best practice. So if they do prefer us to disclose the price, that is something that we will do upon request. Our preferential answer is though, just as a a mechanic, you can't call and say, Hey, I have a pipe leaking from under my car. And he says, that will be 1500 bucks. We have to get in and see exactly what the issues are to help you fully understand what's going to be needed. And so that that's the proper answers because we truthfully don't know what the price is. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's so many different levels of a crown of a cavity of an implant that we cannot provide those answers without them sitting down with the doctor, understanding the benefits, and then discussing how their insurance will cover it and what the cost to them will be.
2: Okay. And uh, in the day-to-day workings of your company, you're dealing with activating hygiene appointments anywhere from zero to 36 months out. And you're also working with uh, the clinician, the doctor's schedule. Is that correct?
3: Yes, sir. So we're, we're also answering phones for the incoming side of the dental office. whether. They're closed or they're open and just too busy to get to it. We have an overflow answering service that allows us to schedule, again, these new patients, these limited exams, these rescheduled appointments directly into their practice management software.
2: So uh, in in an office like my own with a software called Planet DDS or Denticon, you know that Uh, Mrs. Smith was scheduled for a composite restoration and it was going to be a 20-minute appointment. Your team knows that you're trying to reactivate a Mrs. Smith for a composite restoration for 20 minutes. Is that correct? Yes, sir. All right. And that could be for uh, a surgical placement of an implant, a temporal mandibular joint consultation, Whatever the activation says in our software, that's where your team and organization is keying in to reactivate the
3: patient. Yep. Yeah, so we're reading directly from our notes. And Now, we do have an unscheduled hygiene team, and then we, we recently have released an unscheduled treatment team. So the level of education on that team is usually over 10, 10 years of dental experience to be on that team, I'm very familiar with codes and treatments. Um, But those are two separate teams, but we do provide both of those services.
2: Okay. Corey, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but if you know dentists like I know dentists, uh, at the end of the day, they're looking for that 10 to 15% return on investment. And I'm always amazed that sometimes they're worried about spending a little bit of money. And I'm going, if you can get a $15 return on a dollar investment, What are you worried about the cost? But if you can share, what would be a typical cost? How do you gauge the investment that our listeners would be making to team up with
3: CallForce? Yeah, so we've got two different pricing models for each of our services, and we've tried to make them as consumer or office-friendly as possible. So the offices only pay us on our recare or reactivation side if we schedule an appointment. And that's $30 flat, no contracts, no setup fees. That's it. Then on the answering service side, doctor, we only charge if we pick up the phone. And generally, that's between 4 and $5 a call. The more calls a practice sends through in a month, the less they pay on average per call.
2: And your, your company receives a check or do you tie into our, uh, is it auto pay uh, just by credit card? And we get a statement each month stating that you've activated 10 patients at $30 a visit. Uh, We owe you $300. Is that how
3: it works? Yeah, so we we do hold a card on file. And actually, practices receive an end-of-day report from us every day, breaking down the calls that we've answered, the appointments that we've scheduled, and any action items the office needs to complete. And then at the end of the month, they receive a billing summary that will show, here's how many calls we answered here's how many patients we reactivated, here's your total bill, and then your card is generally charged after that.
2: And what happens to Mr. or Mrs. Smith who's actually scheduled, but then for whatever reason, they didn't show? Motor vehicle accident, stuck in traffic, they forgot, family member got ill. In situations like that, how does your practice handle that?
3: Yep. So we we do charge whether or not patients show, and, and that's not to be cruel or nickel and dime. What we actually try to look at it as is a thirty day sprint, and so we run return on investment reports that are going to show you, okay, this is how much you spent, this is how many patients have shown, and this is your return on investment. Um, and and from there, they're able to see, okay, you know, one or two of them didn't show out of the ten we scheduled, but look, I spent three hundred dollars. And I was able to produce over $4,500 worth of dentistry. So if we break it down to each appointment, sometimes there's wins and sometimes there's losses. And so we try to look in generally 30 to 60 day windows to say, how are you doing?
2: So let me follow up, uh, Corey, with another question. You booked Mr. and Mrs. Smith. They're scheduled let's say, within the next 48 to 72 hours. And just for this hypothetical, uh, today is Tuesday. You've booked them Thursday at 12 noon. Does your company do a follow-up on that to confirm or remind? Or once that appointment has been made and activated, that process and procedure is done as far as call force is concerned. And then it's up to our team members to do the little tickler, uh, whether they're using, you know, the old fashioned way or some kind of computer system or text message that goes out to remind. Because my experience over the last 37 years is the people who break tend to continue to break. My data indicates that if Mr. Smith doesn't show up, When we reschedule Mr. Smith still doesn't show up for a variety of reasons, unless there's some motivator, which is usually pain, some kind of discomfort, or a change in lifestyle. Typically, there's a divorce and somebody says, my God, my mouth's a mess, I better take care of it. Or something breaks and cosmetically it's an issue, and now there's a motivator to prompt an appointment to be reactivated. How does your company handle those issues?
3: Yeah. So we are, just to kind of go through your question one by one, we are usually turning the power over to the practice. Now, well over 90% of our practices use a patient relationship software, which generally texts out a reminder. Um, We do not have a confirmation program on our side because we don't want to step on the office's toes in their procedures, but we are scheduling directly in. So usually your patient relationship software... We'll pick up that and we'll begin to confirm the appointment. In terms of breaking, we collect something called a do not call list or a do not schedule list, which then allows us to say, okay, here's the 15 people. Here's the 20 people you don't want to see that you've told us. We put those on our do not call list so that we're not bringing in your worst no-show patients and you can continually update that at any time.
2: And I assume that goes, again, for my particular organization, although it probably isn't the best term to use, we profile. We have the financial and clinical data in using the extremes. If Mr. and Mrs. Smith haven't paid their bill in three years, have six broken appointments, I'd say, why waste my time trying to get them in? Uh, in other words, the way I look at it is when they want to show up, They're side-booked, so they're not taking anything away from the practice, because eventually these individuals, if you can continue to keep what I call the BLT, they believe, like, and trust your practice, eventually they're the ones who have the most dental issues and problems, and eventually they require care and treatment. So what we try to do is not isolate them, but manage and monitor them so that they're not a drain on our company, or on our team members. So I assume that's possible. We can segregate or profile the patients that we're sending to you so that you're focusing on the ones that are probably the best return on investment for us to schedule.
3: Yeah. So we don't don't profile as much on our side, but we are taking anyone with a balance over $300 out because we realize if they're not paying their bills, they're not going to show up to their appointment, nor does the dental practice want to see them. And our our real goal and what data has shown us is if you schedule someone who's already broken appointment two months out, they're not going to show. Just plain and simple. Uh, You've got got a 30 to 50% chance of them showing ops. But if you can take someone who does typically no show and push them 24 to 72 hours, maybe max a week out, their, their likelihood of showing it is actually pretty significant. And so we try to focus on those as soon as possible gaps and getting them scheduled.
2: Okay. Well, Corey, I can just uh, share with the audience. I currently have three practices with 13 hygienists working six days a week, which are roughly 54 appointments per day, 270 appointments per week, 1,080 appointments per month, which is roughly 12,960 appointments per year if the average hygiene fee in our particular area with no insurance which just means exam and hygiene is $245 and with insurance it's usually around 110 the annual revenue for the non-insurance is about $3,175,000. And with insurance, it's about $1,425,000. And unbelievable as it would seem when I look at my data, we had just in hygiene, 2,100 last minute cancellations and broken appointments. That's close to one in five out of the 12,960 appointments. Wow. And a company like yours with that expertise and background with a a return on investment of between 10 and 15 to 1 uh, would be such a boon to our practice not to mention reducing the stress time and uh, effort that our team members are putting on a task that could be delegated out to professionals like your own company so that they could be doing other things that may create even more value, uh, not only for them as a team member, but for our practice. I can't tell you how enlightening it was. I am so glad that I've done the research and reached out to find out how excellent your company is doing. Is there a way for our listeners to directly get in contact? Do you want to share your website, perhaps a telephone number where people can... uh, reach out and get additional information on your company and what you can uh, do for their practices.
3: Absolutely. So there's two ways to contact us and I'm sure we can provide a landing page in the show notes as well. Go to our website, www.getcallforce.com and that's G-E-T-C-A-L-L-F-O-R-C-E.com. And if people want to call us directly, it's 801 901 3816. And we're, we're happy to help out. We're an open book and sharing all that we know because we want the dental world to win.
2: Well, I want to say thank you to Corey. I want to give special thanks to the Call Force. You've been listening to Dr. Kevin Coughlin, owner of Ascent Dental Solutions with a focus on education, knowledge, development, and training. I have to say once again, thank you to our sponsors, which is Patterson Dental Henry Shine, Vocal, and again, special thanks to David Wolf putting together these professional podcasts. Without sponsors like Call Force and sharing their information, I don't know how we can viably compete, work with, work against or work for the managed service organizations, the dental service organizations that are an influx in just part of the dental market. My job is to not disparage, it's just to provide education and information so as the new dentists compete in a very competitive field with insurance fees constantly affecting our bottom line. We're looking for technology, smart companies, aggressive companies, young companies that have found a way to use technology to help us in this very competitive dental workforce that we're all in. I want to give special thanks to Corey. Corey, you got a magnificent company. The statistics are absolutely phenomenal. And I look forward to having future podcasts with you so you can continue to educate our listeners. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for taking time to speak with me and helping our podcast audience make the best decisions to improve their bottom line.
3: Thanks, everyone. I really appreciate your time.